This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Prospects 101, the show where we break down football prospects from all levels, high school, college transfers, college recruiting, and NFL prospects. As always, Prospects 101 is brought to you by our great partners and big supporters of the show, Blue Wire Pods, Deal Dash, and Bet Online. I'm Kenny Keller, and joining me as always is Brandon Pastel. I don't know if you can always say that because I haven't been on the show for the last two weeks, which... You know, some words to the wise out there. If you're about to move into a new location, kind of backdate that date off two weeks because I asked for internet and TV kind of like the day I arrived at my new apartment complex. And this is like two and a half weeks later. I'm just getting it. So uh, rookie mistake on my part. Not sure why I waited so long, but feels good to be back, Kenny. I feel good talking about college football again. I, I will say this, though. As soon as I did get my TV this past Tuesday, I, I kid you not, I got it at probably 11 o'clock. It finally turns it on. I'm watching some some football ESPN, and then it was just like bad news after bad news on the e, or on the uh, college football landscape with the Big Ten canceling, and then the Pac-12, and I was like, no, turn it off, turn it off. You know why? Because you are a sports jinx. That is exactly <laughs> what you are. And anybody who's listened to this show for more than well, really like a year now knows this. It's like every time I get back in the game, a league just shuts down, whether it's the XFL, whether it was March Madness, or whether it's what we talk about today, which is, you know, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten being shut down. I don't know if I'm a jinx man or just really bad timing. I don't know, but I'm glad the only thing I do with you is a sports podcast and nothing else, or else the rest of my life (laughs) would probably be shut down too. Let's talk about girls. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'll pass. You talk about that by yourself. Yeah, no, I'll pass on that too if it is. Well, speaking of big news, you know, obviously the big news this week is the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have canceled fall sports. And just today, right before we actually started recording the podcast, the NCAA has canceled all 
fall sports championships. So any sport that is played in the fall will not have a championship, which effectively ends the season, except for FBS football, because obviously they have the college football playoff, which is separate from the NCAA quote-unquote championships. So as of right now, the only fall sport that you can actually play for a national title in is FBS football. But right now we have a couple leagues like the Big Ten and the Pac-12, the Mountain West, and the MAC, who have all postponed their seasons. And then a couple other programs like Old Dominion, UMass, inside conferences that still are intent on playing football who have canceled their seasons as well. So kind of a mixed bag of what's going on in FBS football. And let's let's quickly go over the sequence of events that has been college football in pretty much the past 14 days. It's been nutty. You know, to start off a couple weeks ago, the players in the Pac-12 started a movement called the We Are United movement, uh, going over a list of, you know, essentially demands and, and negotiations of, you know, medical insurance, social justice initiatives, revenue sharing initiatives. And we actually went into, uh, on this show, we went over that entire open letter the Pac-12 sent in the Players' Tribune we actually went over it. So if you haven't heard that, go back probably about a week ago, week and a half ago, go listen uh, to that program because we go over that thoroughly. It's about an hour show. Uh, schedules across college begun to release in the first week of August. So we started getting you know d- d- delayed schedules, the conference-only schedules, the conference-only plus one out-of-conference game schedules that all the conferences were we're going to roll out with, and it looked like all systems were a goal, go. Then the Big tw- tw- Ten held a meeting last week, and, and this week as well, and the, that's when the rumors started to go crazy. The Big Ten was going to cancel the season. And then at the 11th hour, Trevor Lawrence really started a social mo- a media movement, and all other FBS athletes across the country started to join in on it, and it was called the hashtag We Want to Play movement. And that was, you know, basically FBS programs and kids of FBS programs saying that they wanted to play, that they did not want to cancel. So it looked like, you know, the Big Ten then scheduled another meeting and it looked like, well, maybe this worked. But alas, on Tuesday, the Big Ten officially, I don't want to say cancels because that's not the right word, postpones football until the spring. And then as Brandon was saying about an hour later, the Pac-12 postponed all their sports. Now that was the big difference. At first it was the Big Ten was just football, but then the Pac-12 came out an hour later and said they were canceling all, or sorry, postponing all sports until at least January 1. And then Nebraska just looked like they were going to go rogue because they were very intent on playing football, even if that meant outside the Big Ten. Then someone asked Kevin Warren, who is the Big Ten commissioner, uh, you know, how does that affect Nebraska's status in the Big Ten? Can they play football? And he goes, if they play, if they want to play football this fall, it will not be as a member of the Big Ten, and nor will they be ever be a member of the Big Ten again. So essentially giving Nebraska an ultimatum, hey, you can play football if you want, but you will no longer be a member of this conference, which then today, right before we got on this uh, recording, Nebraska has thus – stepped that back and said we are a committed member of the Big Ten and basically giving up the dream to play football if you're a Huskers fan this fall. 
And, and really, it has shored up the support for Kevin Warren as the conference commissioner because all the schools have backed him. And then the Big 12, which was viewed as the linchpin of playing football this year, essentially, in the fall. And the Big 12, the SEC and the ACC have basically said, all systems go, we are still going to play. And the Big 12 commissioner said this, our student athletes want to compete. And it is the board's collective opinion that sports can be conducted safely and in concert with the best interests of their well-being. Big 12 board, sorry, the Big 12 board of directors chairman and TCU chancellor Victor Boschini said in a statement, we remain vigilant in monitoring the trends and effects of COVID-19 as we learn more about the virus. If at any point our scientists and doctors conclude that our institutions cannot provide a safe and appropriate environment for our participants, we will change course. That was the end of the statement we got from the Big 12 and their uh, and their you know march forward toward a season. The Sun Belt, which then followed the SEC's lead, uh, stayed put, and as well as Conference USA. So we have basically five FBS conferences still intent on playing football this year. That is the Big 12, the SEC, the ACC, the Sun Belt, and the Conference USA. So with all that being said, Brandon, what are your initial thoughts? <laughs> wow. I feel yeah. like I feel like Thanos came down and said, like, I must clean out half of the college uh, landscape. Snap of a finger, half of it was gone. And it's just like everyone else that is still on earth is like, what just happened? Like my loved ones from the Pac-12, they're gone. Dude, it's just nuts. I mean, you just reading that off, kind of just like remind myself, you know, how experts say, hey, this is a fluid situation. Things can change daily. But that just proves it, man. Things did just change daily. Like you mentioned how they released the schedules late or early last week, and we're like, okay, positive sign. I've got some hope. I think the Big 12, the Big 10, Pac-12, all these teams are going to play. Yeah, it's going to be in conference with maybe one out-of-conference game, but locally. So it's like, all right, positive. And you're not hearing too many outbreaks on the universities. And then, boom, you start hearing the the rumors of about the, the Pac-12 and the Big 10 canceling, and then it just comes to fruition on this past Tuesday. And it's just kind of – it's disheartening, I'll say that. I will also say that it's very interesting to see really the South and the Southeast. Their medical experts say, hey, we can play football. And then everyone in the Midwest and the West are like, eh, it's a little too risky. Like, just kind of funny geographically how that works and where the, the fan bases kind of swing that vote a little bit. Because let's be honest, man. Let's just be honest. We all knew the SEC was going to be like this, right? And we all thought the Pac-12 was probably going to cancel. Um, I got to say, I was I was surprised. To be honest, I thought the SEC, you know, maybe stereotypically was going to just come out and be like, we're playing football regardless, da, 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 because everybody knows how football, popular football is in the South. But I got to be honest, their commissioner, Sankey, has really had some measured and thought out and patient takes about this. And he basically – to be honest, he's been the most, I thought, rational and forward-thinking commissioner yep. I've heard out of all P5 commissioners right now. You know, Kevin Warren was pretty much like a politician. He danced around everything, which I think is kind of embarrassing. I, I hate that. I, I don't care what side of this issue you stand on, but just stand up on it. <laughs> he's a first-year commissioner. I know, dude. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> What a what an awful time! I bet you Jim Delaney, the 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 guy who retired from the Big Ten this year, is like thank, thank you, God. 
the most clutch retirement of all time. Oh, for sure, man. But, for sure. But he tap danced like a politician did around it, which was kind of frustrating. The Pac-12, uh, you know, they stood up on their principles and why they were canceling. And, you know, they have a lot of schools that are online only to start. All the California schools and I think all, pretty much all the West Coast schools at this point are online classes only. So they're not bringing kids to campus. So I get that. I understand that. But uh, I, I thought Sankey has done a really good job in the SEC. I mean, there was an article in the Washington Post today where he was talking about, like, uh, EKGs and echocardiograms and all these, different, all these different tests and safety protocols that they have. He's been the most transparent, in my opinion. And I think, you know, in a time of crisis and a time of, of lack of transparency, I think he's done a really good job of maintaining his conference. And, you know, they they got criticized for going conference only because the ACC was basically trying to preserve the Florida-Florida State, Louisville-Kentucky, Clemson-South Carolina-type rivalries, the in-state but separate conference rivalries. And he said, look, we're going to create our own bubble. We're going to create a conference bubble, and in that bubble we're going to create bubbles on campus, and we're going to hold everybody accountable, and these are the protocols we're taking. And it's been very upfront and very transparent. i got to give him a, a round of applause. I think he's come out looking the best out of everybody right now as it, as it, as it holds up. Yeah, kind of shocking because you are right. Like that, I thought that was going to be the one that said, we're still going to play three out-of-conference games and so forth and so on. But you, you are right. He's very transparent where every other league is so not transparent. Like, again, are these medical experts actually talking to each other? It doesn't sound like it. Uh, I will say this. This is probably just my personal opinion, and I know half America thinks opposite of the other half America. But personally, I think the kids – I know how Trevor Lawrence said, like, they're more at risk when they go home, and other people are like, well, how can they be more at risk when you have 50 kids in the classroom and then 100 athletes on the field hitting each other, sweat going everywhere, spitting on each other? And I see both sides of that argument. Personally, I think the risk is about the same. If you go home, yes, they're not going to have something to necessarily – a purpose to, you know, uh, stay clean and, you know, do social distance, wear a mask and so forth. There's probably just going to, a percentage of those kids are just going to go home and do what we do. And I see it every day, by the way, here in like Charleston, when I was in Savannah, I go to the beaches, man, these things are packed. Like don't criticize kids that are 18 to 20 for not social distancing and doing some things like going to parties when freaking half America is not holding up the same standard, by the way. But I think when kids go home and they don't get tested daily, they're at the same risk they would be if they were to play football on campus with or without students. Like, I think you're going to, no matter what, on a team of, say, 80, you're going to have two to three cases probably every week. It just is what it is at this point. I don't think they're any more at risk, any less at risk. The biggest difference is, does college football want to be liable for short-term and long-term uh, risk effects? Yeah. And I think the Big Ten and the Pac-12 chose not to. Well, the I'll, o- I'll say this. I, 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 my whole thing comes down to this. If you're bringing kids on campus and then you cancel sports, to me, that's a, that's a crappy precedent, and you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. I don't know that there's any way around that. You're bringing kids on campus. You're bringing 30,000 kids on campus because most of these FBS programs outside of a couple private institutions are pretty big. And you're bringing 30, 40, 50,000 kids on campus, and they're going to they're gonna wind up. Even as much as you try and social distance everywhere they go, it's going to be like going to the mall or going anywhere that's open right now that even with social distance protocols, you can't always social distance. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. And then kids are going to be kids. They're going to do what they do. 
You know, think of when we were 18, 19, 20 years old. We made dumb decisions. It happens. You can't expect them to make rational decisions that 30, 35, 40-year-old uh, adults make. It's not going to happen. That's going to be more of a minority than a majority. Two, if, if, if like the Pac-12 did, if, if all your programs are keeping kids at home, then I don't have an issue with it because you're not – it's not being hypocritical in my opinion. And that's where it comes into is the hypocritical – that's what bothers me is the, hypo, the hypocritical and the double talk. With, it, that's what bothers me the most. Because if you're if you're staying off campus, if everybody is nobody's allowed off campus, if campus is a ghost town, that's fine. Because you if you bring just athletes on campus, you're now then saying Professional as an sports. organization we <laughs> care more about sports than we do academics, which might be the case, which might be true. That's not the tangent I want to get on right now, but that's the that's what that's what it's going to be perceived as is these guys are held above the, our other students. And so you can't do that. So I understand that from that perspective, and I'm fine with it as long as you're being consistent. But to me, the, the universities that are allowing kids on campus and then, and then the same universities are turning around and wanting and university presidents want to cancel football uh, for the season, I just – I'm not on board with that. I think yeah. I think – and, and then they're practicing still. Why not just play the games then? Like I, they're saying – I read something – I read something the other day. They're like, oh, well – we're still going to practice. We're still going to test kids and all this stuff. So they're doing everything they would be doing as if they were going to play the season, but they're just not going to play the season. They'll, then just play the season. Why right. does it matter? We, it doesn't matter. Right. It's, 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 that's where I agree. I think ultimately, and this isn't just like me wanting to see college football. I just see like from all the things we've seen on college campuses so far – is that it is manageable at this point. Like, they have proven, at least through practices, at least from the last three months, minus the initial outbreaks at, like, Clemson, I think LSU, they were up to 15 to, like, 25. But every one of those campuses have now mitigated it to really, minus one or two outliers, by the way, really just two or three cases. In some cases, I think, like Oklahoma football, zero cases of COVID. And, again, I think a lot of that is because these kids have something to play for. Mm -hmm. They're holding each other accountable. And, I mean, I was listening to an interview with Coach Healy today, and he was just saying, hey, like, it's not just the coaches holding these kids accountable. Kids are holding other kids accountable. Yeah. You go home, that's not going to happen. So what I'm saying is, yes, hypocrisy is one thing. Like, I can judge one conference for not bringing kids to school but still playing football. Now it's not necessarily an amateur sport, professional sport. And that all looks bad through multiple lenses. But I'm saying from a health standpoint, I don't see how one is more risk adverse than the other. I think no matter what, at this point, if the coaches are holding them accountable and players are holding each other accountable, if you play football versus not playing football, there's always going to be two or three kids and then the outliers of the one team that has an outbreak. Yeah. Uh, and then most, and then there's going to be outliers of teams that have zero cases. Like that's where we are right now in college sports. So my opinion is while it's still manageable, I thought every conference still should have pushed on and had a college football season until it got to a point where we start seeing a lot of teams saying 10 to 15 athletes every week are getting it, then it's like, all right, wave the white flag. It's not worth it anymore. But if I, if I keep hearing one or two athletes, in some cases zero athletes on a team not getting it, then I don't know why. Like, mm -hmm. How is sending them home any less safe? I don't get that. I just don't get it. It's a liability yeah. thing. It's 100% a liability thing from these people. Well, in 10 years right from now, yeah. they don't want to get sued. It's and a it's, concussion thing. Concussion protocol, like, yeah, they signed all these waivers at one point for wearing these helmets. But, you know, 15 – Years later, they just got sued for a multi-billion-dollar lawsuit, and I'm pretty sure the NCAA and these conference commissioners don't want that to happen for making these kids play these kids play college football. And then 15 years from now, they have a, a heart attack, and it's like, hey, this is because I played college football, and you, we were negligent 
on making us play that yeah. game. Yeah, well, and yeah, and neither of us are lawyers, so I, I, I'm going to stay away from the liability thing. We need Glessner. Yeah, I don't know what that what that would entail or what that could, what could actually hold up in the court of law. But I mean, it's it's an optics thing at this point. You it, the reason professional sports and you name the professional sport and they're playing now. You got the MLS, the MLB, the NFL is in training camp. The NBA's got their bubble. The NHL's got their bubble. Uh, auto racing has been going for a couple months now. The reason they're all coming back and can come back is because they get paid. And they get paid very handsomely, Correct. except for MLS, because nobody watches the MLS, so they just don't get paid because soccer sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that being said, they're still getting paid. They're, it's professional. So these aren't professional athletes. These are kids who aren't making any money. They don't have likeness rights yet, even though they're still working on that. There's, it looks like that's going to be changing. It, it's an optics thing, and it, the optics comes across. And and and, I, and I, in fairness, I get it from a PR perspective. Is your is it looks like you're making kids play sports in the middle of a pandemic that don't have a choice any other way. Even though if they opt out, they can still maintain their eligibility. But again, it's just a, it's a it's I've a got, PR, it's a PR nightmare. That's the problem. I've got a question, Kenny. So this you know play or uh, getting paid for your likeness that we all think is going to get approved in the next. One to three years. So, you know, these college athletes will begin to start getting paid for their name and their likeness, right? From a third party, by the way. That's, that's important to remember. Not from the college, from a third Correct. party. Now, if that was in effect today, do you think that would have any factor on players – or for conferences getting canceled, if they were getting paid for their name? Uh, I think it wouldn't be as – cut and dry as most people try to make it. I don't think it would be as black and white as, oh, because right now you really, there's no really middle ground at this point. It's either it's like people are either hollering play uh, or hollering don't play. Like it's not – there's not really a, well, I can see it from this side, but I can also see it from this side. It, it's not. I think if they were getting – I think if they were getting some monetary funding from, from, the, from their likeness, if, they, if there was a, a pool of revenue – that was being distributed to college kids, it would probably be less in terms of the public eye. It would be, it would be less heat, I, I would say, because I do think playing is obviously from a PR perspective and from a just normal fan perspective is more, is more unpopular, is more unpopular than not playing. So I yeah, think if, if they were getting revenue, I don't think they'd catch as much heat PR wise, in my opinion. Now, so, I'll say this too. Now I agree. You shouldn't just listen to players that say I want to play because no matter what, everyone always wants to play. Like, and you have to have medical experts, coaches, commissioners. You do need a full holistic input to understand if they should play mm-hmm. because 99% of these athletes are going to say I want to play. No matter if this pandemic was way worse, they'll probably still say I want to play because they're 18, 19 year old kids that aren't being affected as much by other people. But this is an investment in their own career. So they're not getting paid today, but the only way for some of these athletes to get paid next year is for them to play this year. Like there's guys, the Joe Burrows of the world that were, you know, supposed to be a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick last year. They want to play right now to get their name out there so they could potentially move up in the draft or guys that aren't thought about being the draft right now. Cause there's plenty of those guys too, that we don't have no idea right now that they're, they even have a draft grade. And they mm-hmm. need this year to do that. So what we're doing is taking that ability away from them. We're saying, oh. hey, 
But then I think the counter to that would be, and I'm just playing kind of devil's advocate. So if you're a fringe seventh, sixth, seventh undrafted free agent guy who's look, you said looking to upgrade his stock or or get drafted, you're not. I mean, if you're not, if you're a seventh round guy right now and and you don't play football this year, why would you? St- you're going to get an extra year eligibility. Why would you leave? Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLTicket.tv. TV and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every time an item starts at $0 and you only go up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or that item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra $100 in free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code PROSPECTS101 or DealDash.fm backslash PROSPECTS101. That's deal dash d e a d a s h dot f m backslash prospects one o one. Yeah, uh, I mean that's a good point. Besides the fact that some people, I guess, at the age of twenty one, twenty two, and some people that register at twenty three years old, they don't want to waste one more year. I, yeah, I get it. But if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm getting talked about as being a fringe seventh round guy, and I need to p- get more film. To be drafted, I, I'm not. I wouldn't leave. Yeah, I mean, I'll throw a quick example out there, and then I'm gonna we'll move on from this. But like a guy like Journey Brown, he's a dynamic running back for Penn State University. He's potentially potentially a day two pick. I think I've got him, you know, early day three right now with the running back class right now. But he's if he has a good year this year, he could be a day two pick. He's got right. two studs behind him right now that were way better prospects than Journey Brown. They were freshmen mm-hmm. last, last year in Devin Ford and Noah Kane. Mm-hmm. If you wait one more year, dude, I'm just saying, like, they might surpass him on the depth chart. And Journey Brown, like, his one year of being the starter is next year. And now you're going to have these two guys who are in their third year, talent-wise, are better probably than uh, Journey Brown. They might pass him on the depth chart. And it's like, well, that sucks. It's not lacking necessarily of my ability to get drafted. It's just now I have two absolute studs that have now grown into their body, able to play. So something to think about. Yeah. I know that's an extreme example, but there's always extreme examples. And I think it's, it, you know, it's, it's never a perfect example. And we've learned that so far with this yeah. COVID, this pandemic is like, there's, there's things that suck. There's things that are good. We're taking things away and there's, we're also keeping people safe. So with that being said, Kenny, I'm going to ask you a line of questions and I need, I need a confidence meter. Cause these are, these are like the, in my opinion, the different scenarios that could happen over the next you know, okay. six to 12 months. And I need to know if this is going to actually happen or not. So with that being said, this is going to be Kenny's confidence meter. And the first question I'm going to ask you, 
I'm going to percentage on this is if this is actually going to happen and how much it's going to happen. At least three P5 conferences, conferences, so the ones that have already said they're going to play right now, SEC, ACC, and the Big 12, will play the whole season in 2020, give or take a few schools that decide to opt out. Uh, 25% confidence. 25. You think you think I, I, one of those conferences back out and the rest just say, all right, that's it? Well, I think it only, it's, it's only going to take one conference to back out, and that'll end it. Uh, or, and I don't want to steal your thunder at number two, but or there's going to be an outbreak, and then, I mean, I, I think at that point, if there's a huge outbreak on one or two teams in your conference, it's the, baseball is barely getting through it right now. I mean, the Cardinals still haven't played since July 29th, and it's August 13th. Yeah, they're so, toast. Yeah, I mean – so if that happens with one or two teams inside a conference, they're, they're I mean, you're pretty much done. And then, and, 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 that's, and, then, and, then and then PR, and then P, then you're going to save face, and everybody's just going to shut down. Yeah, and that's my one, I think, outlier to all this is I won't be surprised if a just throw a school out there, uh, a TCU or Oklahoma State or a UNC has the outbreak and they decide to shut it down when the rest of the conference is still good. So 25% for that one. So it kind of leads into the second question. The season starts – but does not finish. It gets cut short. What's 75%. So you believe it's going to start. You believe we're going to see college football this fall. Like, you think we'll see football? I think so. I think we will. I think we'll see it, and I think we'll get a couple weeks in, and I hope I'm wrong. But I, I just – my problem is is they just don't have a leash. That, that, I mean, they're already – they're using up their leash now to get the season started. So if you start the season and then – three or four teams, two or three or four teams have big outbreaks or sizable outbreaks, it's just it's going to wreck it. Okay. But I hope I'm wrong. I'm not, I, I, hope, I hope we go the whole season and they play it. So you heard it here first. Go to Bet Online <laughs> and make sure you put all your money down the first few weeks before the season gets cut. BetOnline.ag. <laughs> all right, Kenny. Spring football. That's been a big uh, topic of conversation. You've had coaches, uh, I believe, from Purdue. Uh, Coach Brom came out mm-hmm. today and said, like, hey, this is week by week how I think college football should be played. You have other coaches uh, from like, Ohio State's coach came out and said, we need to start, like, the first week of January to make this feasible. So January, February, playoffs in March, uh, and that still breaks it off six months. Mm-hmm. Maybe we only do a six- or eight-game uh, schedule in the spring, and then maybe we limit a game or two in the fall. So holistically looking at it, it's not necessarily 24 games, which everyone always overhypes, and then there's only one month of break. But really, yes, in one calendar year, but you only have 20 games. It really is eight and 12, or maybe yeah, it's yeah. less than 20, 18 and 19. What are the chances of there actually being a spring football season? Zero percent. Is that because of a, a health standpoint, or you just don't think – I, I think it's I think it's a health standpoint. I think well, it's gonna be a couple of things. So I think it's zero percent because a I, I love what Brom and Day are talking about, but so we're gonna why would we? What, I don't understand the value in having a truncated season in the spring with no NFL hopefuls playing in it, very little. I mean, if any, you're talking guys who are like fourth, fifth, sixth-round draft picks maybe, and I guarantee you not all of them are going to play either if they feel like they're at least going to get drafted, even if they're not going to get drafted that high. Yep. Because an injury at that point, you can't go to combines, you can't go to workouts, you can't go to anything to display that you're going to be okay. And not only that, 
you're you're still right around the corner from NFL training camps. So no NFL hopefuls are going to play. So we're going to end up I, I I don't know why why would we have that? And then you're going to turn around and truncate the fall season on a oh we want to make it safer so we have to delay the season because we don't want to have too many games within a sh- a short amount of time. So then we're going to have a shorter season in the fall as well. I, I just don't – there's no – to me, there's no rationale behind it. I think it's a pipe dream. I think anybody who thinks that there's going to be a spring season is crazy. Uh, I think it's 0% because, A, just from a, just from a non-COVID perspective, it makes no sense. But then you add in – if there's no vaccine by spring, it's regard, it, then we're in the same boat we're in now anyway. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it's 0%. I think it's a pipe dream. I think it's just a way to keep kicking the can down the road and keep people's spirits high that want to see college football. But I think if you're a Pac-12 and Big Ten fan and a MAC fan and uh, a Mountain West fan or an FCS football fan, you're not seeing football until 2021. Per, or, sorry, fall 2021. I, I just don't think there's – unless it's yeah. – I, I, I think you could – I think you could make an argument for spring games because if they're going to practice throughout the fall anyway – then why not have a spring game and, and spring practices? I think you'll have that, but I don't think we'll have games. That doesn't make sense. Which is funny because we used to be an expo podcast, and this is a topic of conversation that I remember I used to bring up, specifically saying, like, I think there will be college kids that leave college football early to play in the XFL so they can, once start getting paid earlier, playing at a professional level, which I do believe was better than college football, but obviously way less than the NFL, uh, and then still play in the NFL league the following year, which Kenny Robertson did do. He played yeah. in the XFL, and then he is now getting, he got drafted, and now he will play in the NFL this now, year. Now, I will say this. You said the most important thing about that is to get paid early. Right. You're not getting paid in college. So, Correct, but from a health standpoint, he, he did it is what yes. I'm saying. Yeah. Well, and he was also – but he couldn't go to college. Remember, he got kicked out. Correct, correct, correct. But I'm saying a little, like a little different. But yeah, I, I'm saying I, I, I think that it's the a ethics slight, behind it. The it's ethics a, behind yeah, it. it's a slightly different argument because I just this nobody's nobody who who has NFL aspirations would play in the spring. So then we're just gonna watch a bunch of true freshmen and guys who didn't play last year play. Which I mean, it's not the worst thing, but then I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. It, it, okay. It, and then we're gonna and it's gonna impact the fall season, which if you know, hopefully everything goes according to plan should go up. We would want a full fall season, a normal back to fall season. And then we're just going to end up in the same boat. Well, now we're only going to play nine games again because we can't start until October. The one, the one quick thing I'll say about this too, before we move on to the next question is I thought it was very interesting for Ryan Day to come out for Ohio State and say that he thought it'd be really interesting if his 2021 recruit recruiting class enroll early, so the first week of January, and aren't able to play that spring football season and the fall season and only count yeah. one year against their eligibility because it's within one calendar year. Well, yeah. Very interesting, but, but we'll, we'll move on to – hey, stick yeah. on the XFL, Kenny. So the XFL and some other organizations create a football league either this fall or in the spring to allow college football players that, again, aren't probably one through three or one through four uh, fourth-round picks play in this league or get the draft stock up, or get some draft stock, if any, what are the chances of that? Okay, so I had I had a hard time with this one because I feel like it's two kind of two separate questions, and that's kind of how I broke it up in my mind. But if we're talking about the XFL or some, like, major league professional football organization where they pay players and they have coaches and all right. this stuff, I think that's 0%. 
I don't think you can – I don't even think the – if any league could do it, it would be the XFL, but I don't think they're set up to do it because there's no infrastructure there. Yeah, they have intellectual property and a couple other things in place that other leagues don't, but I just – I just if it's a if you're paying them, then no. Now, I do think that a maybe a NCAA players-led coalition – could do something to where, and I don't even think it would be necessarily a quote-unquote football league. Like, I think it would be kind of a, like, hey, we're going to come out here, we're going to play some showcase games, but it'll be like watching the Pro Bowl, where, like, you know, you got the skill guys out there, you got to, not everybody's, you know, everybody's not out there killing each other and giving 130% like they would on every down of every snap in college. You know, they're out here like, hey, this is to show you what we can do. It's kind of a – it's a game or a tournament in some sense. I don't want to call it flag football because that's a little disrespectful, but sort of just like the Pro Bowl. You know, there's a little bit of tackling. You're not blowing people up unless, you know, you think you're Sean Taylor and you're blowing the punters up on fake punts. Mm-hmm. But other than I, – I, I think something like that could happen. That wouldn't surprise me. Like I could see someone like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, you know, organizing a, a league and saying, hey, we're going to have 10 teams and or eight teams or whatever, and we're going to play a, we're going to play a season. We're going to play a tournament, you know, in, at the Houston Fieldhouse or the Miami Fieldhouse or whatever, you know, or IMG Academy, something like that, where they can dorm up and, and they'll play. And it'll be basically a, a showcase league for, for scouts. And and it'll be kind of the understanding is we're not going to crush each other or kill each other out here. We're just here to get reps in and show coaches what we can do on the field. Support for Prospects 101 is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Speaking of grooming experiences. I know I can't be the only person who's ever had a bad grooming experience below the waist. Let me give you kind of an example of one of mine. I I had purchased a pretty high-priced trimming tool that was supposed to be waterproof and, you know, it wasn't supposed to nick you up, anything like that. And, you know, this was kind of like my first real adult purchase with, you know, some actual real money. Like, I was like, hey, I'm going to treat myself because I'm tired of using these dollar store trimmers. And so I got a really, really, really expensive high-end brand. And the first time I used it in the shower, because let's face it, you want to have a clean experience when you do this. I don't want to be sweeping up a bunch of hair or trimmings or anything like that. The first time I hop in the shower and I start, it works for about two or three minutes. Just enough for me to kind of start on one side, and then it absolutely fries. Quits working due to the water, which it said it wasn't going to be an issue because you could do this in the shower. So I have a date. I'm going out with my girlfriend in like 30 minutes. 40 minutes, something like that. I don't have time to go run to a CVS or a grocery store or a Target or anything like that. I got to go as is, halfway done with the job. That is the most frustrating thing ever because now I've got to sit there and think about how am I going to explain this if this comes up? Uh, It's so terrible. But 
that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave because this is one area you definitely don't want to be rushed in, I promise you. And I promise you, I've had no issues since I started using it with dulling battery life or anything like that. It's been amazing. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, and it actually works. No more only getting a quarter or half the job done and the, and the product fries in the shower. Not like what happened to me using someone else's inferior product. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. I, I want to see as much as I can when I'm down there. Trust me. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PROSPECTS101 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PROSPECTS101 at manscaped.com. I mean, it's like seven-on-seven passing leagues in the West Coast that we see. Hey, why not? I'd watch it. At this point, absolutely. You you tell me Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are going to be on the field throwing uh, to high-caliber receivers and guys like that. Yeah, I'm all in. I could see something like that. I would give that maybe a 30%, 40% chance confidence. But as for like a full-on XFL-type league or an AAF-type league, 0%. 0%. I, I don't think they can do it in, in that amount of time. Yeah. So I think uh, before we move on to the last question is the one thing that a lot of people, they want to see almost that's semi-realistic is, again, kind of what you said, like go to a bubble in St. Louis or Houston where there's a couple of fields around the same area, get maybe six to eight teams, and just play round robin for eight weeks with a championship at the end, maybe a two-week playoffs. It's a two-month experiment, and you know what? It's still early enough to where guys can get their body healed, go to a the combine NFL draft. People are begging the rock right now to do that, and so am I. I think it would be hilarious and awesome to watch. And by the way, I would never put zero percent when the rock's name's in it, so I'm at least give this one percent chance because the rock is involved. Uh, with that being said, the last question, Kenny, the one that's going to be the most devastating, and I already see. What you put here, and I don't like it, but th- there's going to be no football at all, Kenny. Like, zero football in the spring, zero football in the fall. What are, your, what are the chances of that happening? Uh, I, I'm 50-50. 50%. I think that that happens. 50%. I, don't want, I, I don't want 50-50, actually. I need a 49-51. Go. 51%. No. I, I, I'm, yeah, I mean, I just, you've already had two major P5 conferences cancel or postpone their season, quote-unquote, to the spring, which – I already talked about isn't going to happen. Um, so it's really just the fall. That's the question. Is no college football this fall? I'm 51% certain that that could happen because it's only going to take 
something at the Big 12 or ACC or SEC to make them – to spook them, and they're out, and then it's done. So we only need one conference at this point to, to, to fold, and if they do, it's over. Uh, and then that crescendos in the spring because we're not going to see real games in the spring. I think we'll see spring games. I think we will. I, I do think we'll see spring games. I think we'll see practices, and I think we'll see spring games. Uh, but as far as full-on pad-on-pad, you know, versus another team, we're not going to see that. And I think we're one conference away from ending the fall experiment altogether. So I would say I, if, you, if you had a gun to my head, I would say probably no, and it's 51% that we're not going to see it. Yeah. Uh, I hate College. NFL, <laughs> NFL, we're – they're 100% playing. You can't stop that train. No. You cannot stop the NFL train. I, I never realized how powerful it was until, one, the NFL draft happened, and then everything else is pretty much happening. Dude, and nobody's talking about it right now. Like, they're full go in, in training camp right now. Like, and yeah. there's, no, there's nothing being debated nationally about should they even be in training camp. Like, nothing. There's no – like, there might be a couple writers here or there who might have an op-ed piece. But it's not even being like I haven't seen anything on Twitter, on Instagram, watching you know Sports Center, Fox Sports, whatever ESPN. There's been nothing that's been like like it has with college, where everybody's debating whether college or not should play. But no, and in the NFL, it's just like business. The biggest thing about the NFL is if they're just gonna have fans or not. That's the biggest debate right now. It's the wild. NFL. The NFL is is bulletproof, dude. I love it, man. I love it. And I'm not saying I want people to blame the pandemic or I don't want to play in it, but I kind of just love the idea that the NFL is so powerful. <laughs> it's not that I love it. It's hilarious almost. Like, you just cannot stop that train. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so the NFL play for sure, but college. But, you know, I, which I, anybody who knows me knows that's pretty ridiculous. Like, I'm an internal optimist. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't know, man. I just I, – there's too much going on. So, so Brandon, what does this mean for the NFL draft? Well, qu- quite simple. So, first of all, the NFL draft itself, it's, it's not always going to be April 24th or April 25th. They're, according to the players' agreement, it could fluctuate between March and really June. So we can push it right in case there was, quote, unquote, a spring football league or things get delayed here and there. Uh, but if they wanted to extend it past June, it would have to be a player's agreement with the union uh, to say, hey, we're going to do this in July, which it's never going to happen. Let's just be honest. It's, yeah. it's going to happen probably sometime in April at the worst case in May. It's just, it just is what it is. The, that train does not stop. So what does this mean for the NFL draft? It means really that the top-end prospects, when I say top-end, I'm talking like day one and day two picks, their seasons, as long as they're actually playing – if they're not playing football anymore, they're done. Like, those guys are done. Yep. So we're talking about a max exodus. We're not talking about the Justin Fields or just the Penny Sewells of the world. I'm talking probably 100 to 150 players saying, I'm out. I'm going to start preparing myself mm-hmm. for the NFL draft. Now, if there's a spring football league, I think that number gets cut slightly. So say 200 players Said, if you said there's no football at all, 200 players would probably opt out and just completely prepare for the NFL draft. If you said there is a spring football league, I could say maybe 125 decided to opt out, but 75 players that were, you know, six, seventh round picks or undrafted free agents with the grades that they have right now saying, all right, I know I'm way better than a sixth round pick. I know for a fact I am. 
if I play in the Supreme League Football League, yes, I know I'm going to chance my body getting injured, but I can be a second or first round pick because we all see that. We have all seen six, seventh round picks that are coming into their senior year or junior year have jumped to the first or second or third round. Joe so, Burrow. yes, c- completely agree. So now I know it's a little bit of an outlier, greatest like football college season of all time, but there's players like that. And there's, even if it's not true, they believe it is. So those players, fifty to probably fifty to seventy-five players out of the two hundred scenario that I just put, will stay if there's a spring football league, and the other hundred to hundred twenty-five will get to the NFL draft. So what that really means to the NFL draft, one scouting is going to suck. Like I don't know how they're going to do it. They're going to go on old film or projections for the most part. It's going to help the people that are playing fall football or hurt, yeah. honestly, uh, in the fall football. But they're going to have way better scouting report more or less. So if there's a player in the Big Ten or the Pac-12 that had an awesome season last year, mind you. Let's just say Justin Fields had a phenomenal Heisman candidate season. Maybe he's, he isn't the real Justin Fields. And then we, we look at back on this, you know, five years from now, I'm like, oh, man, so, like, I guess he really did just have one good year. He didn't play much his junior or his freshman year. I don't even think he played a season or two in high school. He missed his sophomore year, and then we drafted him in the top three in the NFL draft. Like, man, maybe we should have gave him mm-hmm. an extra year. It, it's a lot of unknowns. So I think the, the key – factor with all this when it comes to next year's NFL draft is what are you willing to roll the dice on man like the known commodity or the 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 project so what advice would you be giving to those players uh preparing for the draft high medium and low draft grades like what would would your advice to them be my advice is if you're a higher medium player you opt out you 100% you you you, especially with the rookie contracts being so short now four years even though I know the average length of an NFL career is four years if you're a high round pick, for sure you opt out. There's no there's no reason for you to play football. If you're telling me yes, you might up your stock from a 40 overall player to a 22. Yes, that is the difference of a few million. But if you believe in yourself and you're that high of a pick, you'll get a second contract. If you're a second or third round player, I still think you opt out because the risk of you getting injured or your performance not being as high could drop you almost out of the draft. And if you're a low round pick. If you if you have done it three years straight, I say opt out. If you've only done it one year or if you're coming back from injury, I think you played that year or you played that spring football, whatever is available to you, if you have confidence in yourself to really propel yourself into that day four yeah. – or sorry, uh, fourth round or higher pick. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I really have anything different than, than what you would. I, I would. I would highly recommend anybody with a third round grade or higher, you're, you opt out. You're, there's no there's no reason because well, even if you, even if you get hurt and say you are an elite prospect and maybe yeah you're not gonna fall out of the first round but say you're Jamar Chase and you blow your knee out or you know you blow your knee out you're gone for the you're done your NFL season's over you're not you're not playing in the fall that year if you're playing in the spring as, as Jamar so you know yeah it might not be a career altering injury but now you're not gonna play football for over a year and a half. I yeah, if I'm a if I'm a high high if I'm a third round or higher grade, and I know that and I got scouts telling me, hey, you, no matter if you play or not, that's where you're gonna go. The only the only I'm two out. players that probably are immune to this rule, which they're not gonna play either. But if Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence did just for whatever reason decide to play spring football, yeah, and they broke their leg, got COVID twice, <laughs> and and Trevor Lawrence cut his hair all completely off. Guess Change what? He's sti- he is still gonna go in the top three. Yeah. Because some guys would be like, you know what, he's a, uh, he's a, he's a generational he's, talent. Yeah, generational yeah. talent, unbelievable player. If, even if I have to wait two years 
I'm going to wait for him because he's that freaking good, or we yeah. project him to be that good. So guys like that, and really Justin Fields, honestly, because he did have such a great year last year, if they did break their leg, got COVID twice, guess what? They're still probably top five picks. So I guess from that standpoint, go for it, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you bring up a good point. They're so they're so tef- they're, they're te- a bunch of Teflon Dons that – you know, anything that happens to them wouldn't really affect them. But still, yeah, I think I, – I'd even think at that point they'd probably still opt out too. I really do. I think if they were playing in the spring, they'd probably opt. 100%. They will. Like, my gut says they will. I'm just saying they can. Yeah. They can play. And guess what? It, I, 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 I would throw a crazy scenario out like this. If I'm the Bengals and I'm picking one next year, I still pick Trevor Lawrence, even though I got Joe Burrow. Because – it's either that or you trade them away for four first-round picks. Just uh, so, yeah, yeah. So they could probably trade the first round, first overall pick at that right, point. Right, but he's, just, he's ransom. just that transcendent that yeah. guess what? I'll do a freaking QB battle. And Joe Burrow, if you're not good enough, awesome. Uh, I'll start him. <laughs> if you if you aren't good, if you are good enough, guess what? I'm still probably gonna get three or four first-round picks for this dude. So like, wow. he, he's just that good, man. I mean, before we end the show and everything, let's just, let's just I want to have this quick scenario, Kenny. Name me your three top prospects in the last 25 years at quarterback position? In the, in the last 25 years, so that would be, what, 1990? We'll go 1998, really win the FBS championship. We'll, we'll say Chris Winkie and later. I'd say how convenient How convenient we choose to draft Peyton Manning's in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I would say in the past 25 years, I would think – I mean, I would say Trevor Lawrence, and this is in any order. Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Well, let's just go ahead and say it. Trevor Lawrence, uh, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. and Joe Burrow. Probably the, the top four that come off the top of your mind. Yeah, I would I would take I, – I had Cam as a as a guy who was I thought was transcendent as well. So I would probably put Cam over Andrew Luck, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily argue those four either. Okay. So who's number one and who's number two? At least give me that. Number one, uh, I would say – I think Trevor Lawrence is the biggest freak that's ever walked the planet. And, and there you go. And I agree. So when you have a guy like that – and I know, trust me, I'm a Bengals fan. I love Joe Burrow. I think he's the real deal. But if I'm picking number one next year, one, something didn't work out. Two, I would bring a QB battle on because, I mean, quarterbacks win Super Bowls in this league. So just interesting uh, tidbit. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think uh, – I, I do think Trevor Lawrence is probably the greatest uh, – talent and prospect we've seen in, in I mean probably ever at quarterback I mean he was built in a lab to play quarterback it's it's freaky how talented he is so well everybody it's been a crazy 72 hours I mean majority of what we talked about today has gone on in the last 72 hours like it's been nuts it feels like the we are it feels so long since I recorded the we are united movement episode uh, about a week and a half ago, and, and it was only a week or so ago. Like, it doesn't even feel like that was in the same, like, century anymore of everything that's gone on in college football the last 72 hours. Great show, though. It, it's wild. Thank you. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, stay tuned because things could be completely different in the next 24. Who knows? But as always, you can follow and interact with the show on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Prospects101Pod. We're always posting throughout the week. Uh, Listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Wherever you're listening to us right now, make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, And stay up to date with all of our episodes. Lots of great interviews upcoming, more great content. 
And you know, we always appreciate you helping us spread the word. So with that, for Brandon Pastel, I'm Kenny Keller. Have a great week. Sports are not only coming back, but they are back. And so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it would be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Pandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sporting news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, the wagering experts.